Jen Tardif is magical. Upon meeting her, she seems ethereal, but once in her presence, you realize she's incredibly grounded. As the founder of Third Ritual, she creates objects to support meditative practices which are beautifully designed and pleasant to the senses. I first met Jen at one of her workshops. As I sat in a circle with a group of women of all colors, ages, and backgrounds, I couldn't help but be transported to a different time, one in which women often gathered in this way. We shared intentions and vulnerabilities. We practiced asana and supported each other throughout the most challenging positions and finished our gathering by creating, together, our own essential oil blends. This experience was comforting, safe, beautiful, and bond-building. During this conversation, Jen shares how the need for structure as a child led her to seek refuge in these practices. We discuss the importance of ritual in everyday life, from its simplest form to its more complex variations, and the joy of passing these traditions on to our children. But what is a ritual anyway? Simply put, it's anything done with beauty and intention. Think of something you do every day. For example, taking a shower. You'd be perfectly fine jumping in, scrubbing, rinsing, jumping out, drying, and going about your day. Or you could spend a few extra minutes dry brushing your skin beforehand, then lathering with a luxurious and invigorating cleanser. Afterwards, gently applying a delicious custom-made oil blend all over your body before wrapping yourself in a beautiful silk robe and then get prepared to get dressed and go about your day. Both options are probably same in cost, don't differ much in time spent, but the mental and physical shifts of the latter result in priceless, priceless memories. This week, I encourage you to create a ritual for yourself. Choose an activity you quote-unquote have to do on a daily basis. This could be your shower, your lunchtime, or even bedtime. And think of how you could beautify it. How can you allow yourself to be mindfully present? How can you feel uplifted while performing it? How can you pause, be in the moment, and then go about your day? Sending you all my love, and now, on to our talk. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Go for your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Them can't kill your dreams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. This is Paula, and today I'm speaking with Jen Tardif. And Jen is this magical woman that, as per usual, I don't remember how we connected, <laughs> but we did. And I know that we have a mutual love and passion for essential oil. So Jen is a new mom and she's also the founder of Third Ritual. And Third Ritual is a series of events. She does these beautiful workshops. I've seen the most beautiful I, I mean, it's, it's almost like a ceremony, I feel like, and I've been to a couple of them. But she also, Third Ritual is also a company, and she has right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, two items that are just the most beautiful, ritual, inspiring, at least to me. And I mean, I'm sure you have a, a big fan club, but they have Bell, which is a beautiful meditation candle, and the new baby which is Moon, a beautiful potion that I've been lathering with every single night, Jen, my kids, my husband, 
we've all like been lubing up. So welcome. Wow. I'm so happy to finally be speaking to you. <laughs> so nice. I remember how we met for what it's worth. It was at Tell one me. Of, it was at one of our gatherings. You had you always responded and commented on the things that we were sharing on Instagram. And I think mm. that, you know, one of the first things that really resonated in, in terms of what you shared was that, you know, we were inviting people to slow down sort of mid scroll. Mm. And I remember that sparked a conversation between us. And I was really excited to meet you when you first came to one of the gatherings that you mentioned, which for anyone who hasn't been or has no idea what those words even mean put together, I always, I kind of think of them like a tasting menu for ritual, mm-hmm. but instead of having all the ingredients laid out to make a meal, we move through modalities like intention setting or aromatherapy. And yeah, what was so great is that you not only showed up, but you really have been, you know, just so there for everything we've, we've put out. And I feel like it's people like you that have, have made it possible and that inspire me to, to keep going because you know, I, and I say this a lot when we have these gatherings, but like, you can't form a circle by yourself. You need, you need yeah. to be a group of people and that's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, it it's very, the, definitely the work you do is so powerful and so beautiful and so needed. So thank you for the reminder of how it was that we, because I know that we connected before we saw each other face to face and we had like a long conversation going. <laughs> yeah. And then I came to your workshop or gathering or women's circle and it was your last one for that season because you were heavily pregnant and you looked so ripe and so beautiful. And it was, I think it really added to the ceremony because A, I didn't know what to expect. And it was like you're saying, it was a combination of, and that one was a lot of intention setting. It was a change of season, which I would love for you to elaborate on because I feel you're so clear when you communicate things regarding changes of season and chi- traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, all these different modalities. But it was so beautiful just to sit with all these women from different ages. Some had already attended a few of your gatherings. This was the first one for me, but we went from intention setting. We did some yoga, but in a very supportive way. And then we made our own little potion. I feel like that at that point we made either a spray or, but there are flowers and there are crystals and it just seems such a beautiful community building exercise. So how, how did that happen? How did you come up or how, how did you create such a beautiful ceremony? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing your experience of it because when I'm leading it. I have a different vantage point and it's really, it means a lot to hear what your perception and experience is. And in, in terms of how, you know, they started, I, you, and you already alluded to this by mentioning things that might seem like they're on opposing ends of, of the spectrum, like Ayurveda or Taoism or traditional Chinese medicine and Iyengar. And that is, is sort of an important element of what we do because it is non-dogmatic and it's really kind of like a weaving together or a braid of different lineages because ultimately, you know, they're all sort of 
saying the same thing and, and they can be different maps, but the destination where they lead you is, is back to yourself. And I, it, this started for me as really an extension of a long journey in life of self-study that began with yoga and, and meditation and then sort of wove its way. And I hope this doesn't sound too, you know, dramatic, but it wove its way into every facet of my life. Like I really do liken these practices to, you know, a religion or almost like a compass that guides everything that I do from parenting now as a new mom to, you know, starting this business to the way I show up in my marriage. It's, it's not like a compartmentalized aspect, but instead like the thread that, that weaves it all together. And in, in terms of the, you know, the workshops, I initially just kind of had this hunch that maybe I wasn't the, the only person who wanted to peel back the curtain on a lot of these rituals and, and learn more because while some of those words, like even, even ritual itself is becoming somewhat ubiquitous, it's still, in my opinion, missing a lot of context, both, mm-hmm. you know, culturally and historically and, and even like an element of, of accessibility. And so that's what really inspired me to take on the role of of hosting them. Not, not at all to say that I'm like, you know, equipped with all the answers far from it, but instead to do, you know, kind of what you're doing with this podcast. And that's what I I love about you. And it's like this willingness to learn in public and to be vulnerable because that, you know, that takes a lot of courage and to say that, you know, so much of the, these questions, they're communal and that, the answers will be uncovered when we, you know, move together or are silent together or just, you know, lean on each other. Um, Cause that's what humans are, are meant to do. We're meant to tell stories and we're meant to gather. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I may be going on apologies, but you know, another thing, <laughs> another thing you touched on was the seasons. So, you know, mm-hmm. the last, last thing I wanted to say is just that that is, is absolutely a, uh, a major component and, and another guiding force because in true, you know, Taoist philosophy, we take a lot of cues from, from nature and our environment and what's happening around us because that undeniably has a, a major influence over, you know, the way we feel in the same way that it, you know, we'd have to change the way that we dress ourselves in summer versus winter. It's, important to look at the way that we nourish ourselves both physically and and energetically in order to find some semblance of balance between those different parts of the year. Yeah. And you know, it's so important. It's something that you sparked, you sparked that curiosity in me when I came to your workshop on being more mindful of this, uh, these shifts that happen seasonally. And you know, I, I didn't know and I learned through you on your Instagram feed that we're on something called the fifth season. Now, I've been feeling insane. I've been breaking out. My body aches in a different way. I feel hot when I'm sleeping. And I'm like, I'm sure there's something to do with the seasons changing. And then surely enough, you posted something regarding what we're going through right now. And I was like, Oh my God, I never knew that. And, you know, the connection that we have to the earth, 
the connection we have to the trees and the planet and all these things, which you were saying before, it's becoming common language or hopefully it will be, you know, the word ritual doesn't mean something dark and witchy, even though it can be. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, ritual is when you do something with intention and you make it more beautiful and that could be brushing your teeth or that could be going to bed. But this change of season thing was definitely something that you inspired me to be more conscientious of and more aware of in, in, rather than something in passing. Oh yeah, I know, I know that when seasons change, things change, but you actually really dig deep into the connection we have to the earth. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, I know Instagram and technology in general get a lot of flack these days, but I do think that in terms of, you know, reaching more people, there's a lot of benefit there. And that's what we try to do, you know, with the third ritual Instagram. And even on our, on our, you know, we have a blog and well, this is exactly the the kind of thing that we share with the very intention of what you just named. It's to, you know, help people pause and recognize what's happening now, because we can be so caught in, you know, what just happened and the replaying and the desire to refine in hindsight or focused on what hasn't yet happened, which can be pretty anxiety inducing. And, you know, at a high level in, in TCM and traditional Chinese medicine, there are five seasons instead of four. And the fifth season being the time that we're in right now, where it's not quite summer, but it's not quite fall. And I love that this is recognized as its own season because it's actually become my favorite. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. called late summer and in TCM, each season is always linked to a corresponding element. So in this case, it's the element of earth, which is, you know, tied to notions of stability and, you know, really paying attention to the health of your your gut, your digestion, you know, the foods that leave you feeling most nourished, but that also translates into, you know, the people and the practices that that do the same. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's such a we've become so disconnected from all this stuff. Like I, I feel like going back to your workshop, the fact that we sat in a circle, I mean when you go to a yoga class, it's a grid. Or when you go exercise, you're put in a very regimented grid. And, you know, going back, which is a topic I've been speaking of, you know, serendipitously lately with all the guests on the podcast, we, it, it comes up the fact that, you know, we all have feminine and masculine energies within us. But so many of these things we do go into that rigid masculine. And as women, we're put in these rigid, even in something, in a practice where you're flowing or, you know, I mean, there are different types of yoga, but the fact that we are put in a grid so many times and the fact that we've become so disconnected from the earth, from the feminine, from these things that I'm sure, you know, like you were saying before, women used to sit in a circle all the time. I think even from my grandmother's generation, they still did that they would sew together and they would cook together and people kind of lived more together. And then we've become so rigid and so regimented and so disconnected from these things that you've helped me without knowing so much through, you know, I absolutely, I agree with you so much in terms of social media and technology that 
people love to hate it, but if it's used wisely and if it's used with the intent of really truly just sharing information, giving away things that can help people, can help support people, but you have completely been supporting me with these things. Like, surely enough, every change of season, every time something's happening to me, I know Jen's going to say something about it and I'm going <laughs> to be able to figure it out. But I would love for you to share with us how did you get to that space? Because I know in the past you did, you had a different career, right? Yeah. So I, I, my background is actually in tech, which sounds like an odd kind of pivot, but this other work was always present. And yet I felt this need to sort of separate church and state and was, you know, studying yoga and even ritual from a really young age. I didn't have the necessarily the, you know, the semantics, the the proper language to codify it. And I think that a more pessimistic view of even my childhood might include, you know, labeling like uh, OCD. But I now realize and through a more, you know, compassionate lens that a lot of the repeated acts and and little you know routines that I cultivated for myself as a means for staying safe and and feeling like I could inflict some sense of of order and control over what was otherwise a pretty chaotic environment those were those were my tools those were my rituals that I gravitated towards as a very you know as a very young person and you know I didn't have a mom growing up so I think that in a lot of ways this work can be a form of of mothering yourself. And a lot of the teachers that I was lucky enough to study under, you know, as a teenager and beyond were these really strong women. And, you know, you don't have to have a psych degree to make the link there. Mm -hmm. Um, it It was sort of like, you know, finding these these mentors and these these women who'd be willing to take me under under their wing. And one of those women is, you know, is Naveen Mishan, who, who founded Katona Yoga. And she was a big inspiration for, for starting third. And, and you touched on something that she, she speaks to as well, which is, you know, a lot of the, the cues that we pull from sacred geometry and even something that can seem quite simple, like a circle is actually really mystical if we're willing to, you know, delve a little deeper into, into what it represents. So, you know, the act of, of facing one another and, and gathering around this central altar, it's a way of embodying the metaphor that, you know, you're not just playing a solo act at all times, but instead it's, you know, you're part of an orchestra and that, the song really comes to life when we, you know, tune our instruments together and, and sort of get out of our own way. And I think that's been really liberating for me because one of the things that a lot of these practices have in common is the fact that they are just that. It's sort of an act that's from you for you. It's not a performance. It's not something that, you know, you're doing as as show and tell or or to express yourself in the world and not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like we need that too and that's great. But what I'm here for and what I'm about and what I'm trying to share with everything that we create, whether it be, you know, the tools like you mentioned, like Moon, or the gatherings that we host is is an emphasis on on how this all makes you feel. But to, you know, to, to answer your question in a little bit more of a linear and direct fashion, 
I started my first ever training was in in mindfulness based stress reduction. I went on to do, you know, a, a more traditional vinyasa based yoga teacher training and and from there just, you know, had one of those experiences of feeling like I dipped my toe in the in the pool and realized it was actually like a lake and then, you know, you you wade a little further into the water and you're like, "Nope, this is an ocean. Oh no, I'm actually <laughs> at the edge of the universe." Like, you know, the the more that you study, the less you realize you know and it just became this sort of never-ending practice. And I really and I really hope that it is is never-ending, you know, like even now as a mom, my daughter just turned 1 and I I, you know, I see her as my, my current guru. I know that might sound ridiculous, but I mean, you get it. You're a mom. It's yeah. She can teach me everything that I need to know right now. Like I, you know, sometimes have FOMO and I'm like, oh my God, you know, my friends are going to do these 10 day silent retreats. Like I'm not, I'm not really on the path. I'm not able to do that. And then it's like, well, you know what? I also have this like baby Buddha who's, you know, pretty much an anchor (laughs) into the present moment who responds completely differently if there's a phone in my hand or if I'm sitting on the floor making eye contact with her. And so there's a lesson in that, you know, we just have to be willing to see it. It's, it's huge. I mean, you just said something that resonates incredibly with me because I have a daughter who's now seven and we actually have conversations which, where she's told me that she feels that, I, that she has been my mother in a, in a past life. Oh, that's amazing. I'm like, she, uh, like she mothers me and it's, I think seeing life from her eyes towards me has taught me so much because you're absolutely right. It's, you have to slow down. You have to be in the moment. There's a level of awareness that needs to exist. At the same time, it has to coexist with freedom and letting them be. And, you know, I, I have a son who has a very different character, but also so many lessons in there. And I feel as a parent, when I see a situation, you know, there are some difficult moments. And I, I, I like to say that with the beauty and the love, there's stress and there's anger and there's anxiety. And it's not to be dismissed. You're not a bad parent if you feel, feel any of these feelings, but you have to see them as lessons because how do you teach them through how you are being in a certain situation and not losing your cool but also learning from them. It's, it's so loaded. And, you know, going back to how energy moves that you were saying from Naveen in sacred geometry, absolutely is energy in a home can sometimes be chaotic, but you yeah. know what? Sit with your kids in a circle and everybody comes down. Yeah. You know, open a bottle of essential oil and teach them about it, everybody calms down. And you are able to, by how you approach a situation and how you level with them, you know, they're smaller than you. Do you go down to their level or do you stay standing up so they look up at you? Does everybody sit down? If everybody's quiet or loud, how do you, you know, and it's like, is this managing of energy? And it's something that you're teaching through teaching people how to create ritual. I mean, your candle that thing has carried me through so much. <laughs> and cool. even, you know, in my meditation practice, we don't use anything. I practice Vedic meditation. 
but I use it for journaling or I use it for just sitting and giving yeah. myself time. So how did that, how did Bell, even the name of it is so beautiful. How did Bell come about? Yeah. So I think that as a creative person, having constraints is actually been a real friend to me. <laughs> so <laughs> when, you know, we came up with the name third, it also became a bit of a container and that was helpful in, in limiting, you know, the ways that we wanted to, to reach people. And when coming up with a new product, the fact that there's always going to be this sort of Holy Trinity that's present, but also a cap as to, you know, not trying to, you know, do all things for all people, because, you know, and I get a lot of this from my partner, who's a designer. And I think that, you know, knowing when, when to stop and how to really abide by sort of these minimalist philosophies is also really crucial to, you know, to these practices. So, you know, with, with the bell candle, we didn't, just to be clear, we didn't invent, you know, the act of, of candle gazing. That's, that's a practice called Trataka that dates back to, you know, 5,000 BC. But what we, what we did, you know, kind of create was, was a tool that would facilitate it. And, you know, as I was alluding to with the, with the Trinity, we wanted to target three things. So in this case, it's scent, which is the hand-dipped candles that are infused with essential oils. Sound, which happens when a pin falls and it lands kind of like, a, it's reminiscent of the sound that a Tibetan singing bowl would make. And then of course, sight by, you know, having the option, if you'd like to look at the flickering flame as you, as you sit. And you know, that was really born from a personal desire. I mentioned that I, you know, have a background working in tech. And yet the last thing I wanted to do when I got home was use my phone to time time my sits because for me, the timer would go off and it would be almost like this trigger that, you know, forced me to pick up the very thing that is like the source of too much stimulation or my to-do list or all these unread emails. And I had this real craving to return to something analog and, you know, it was really scary to, to create something and it, and it felt so vulnerable because we made this thing, we, we, you know, it's, it's hand cast in solid brass. So it's not, it's not cheap just to be really real about it and <laughs> spending my savings on it. And so putting that out into the world was, the first time having always worked for, you know, other companies, it was the first time that I really put something that felt like a piece of myself out there. And so hearing the the response, like the, you know, one that you just shared, I mean, that just, it, it's so incredibly humbling. And I think that it really, it, it comes from just this, this deep reverence for these practices, because, you know, we're, we're not just creating something that we hope will work. It's something that we know has been, you know, passed down from generation to generation, but this is our way of, of trying to modernize it in the sense that, you know, we, like we live in New York city, I have a tiny apartment. So everything that I bring into my home, I do also want it to be beautiful. And that used to be something that I felt, you know, almost a little bit shy about like, Oh, like, you know, is that super is that vain? But I, you know, more recently come to the realization that it actually, like all, you know, ingredients, it, it really facilitates the act of dropping in, like having a, a dristy, a point of focus that is 
also a really beautiful object. I mean, at least, you know, for me personally, it, it's, it's going to ease the transition into, into slowing down. Absolutely. I mean, bringing beauty into everything you're doing is something I, I'm very keen on for myself. And I encourage the women I work with in my practice is just make everything beautiful. Because again, going back to our feminine energy, going back to that place of, of ritualizing things so that they become more special. We like, everybody likes beautiful things, even though you know it or not, you will always gravitate towards something that gives you pleasure and joy and, and just makes everything a little bit special. And, you know, just to close our conversation today, share with us your favorite ritual that you do with moon. And by the way, thank you for putting all these beautiful things out because I like to say, nobody needs anybody selling them anything. And you're, it's like, literally you're not, you're putting babies out there and people are finding them. And and there are these beautiful, very special, and you can tell very thought through and, and attached to you. You know, it's, I I know it's not a random thing. So tell us about moon and then what your favorite ritual with it is. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I mean, it, you know, a lot of these things, they, they've taken years to, to create. And I'm not saying that as like a humble brag. It's, it's really the opposite because it's something that I just, I do like to share in the sense that I think on Instagram or whatever else, it can seem like people just have an idea, put it out in the world and everything is great. When, at least in my case, it's been a really, slow burn, you know, just like I had to study for years and years and years before I felt even remotely qualified or comfortable to start sharing the teachings. And same thing for these tools. Like we wanted to to use them. We needed our our friends and family to use them and give us feedback and to integrate them into into the gatherings we were hosting until we felt like we really have the recipe down, you know, because only through that repetition are you able to, to refine. And, mm. and in the case of, of moon, you know, it was really inspired as the name suggests by, by the moon, like whether you're into astrology or not, it doesn't matter. There's, you know, it's undeniable that the moon has an impact on our environment. Just think of the, just think of the tides and, you know, for, as women, our cycles, and there's a new and full moon, you know, every month. So we wanted to create a tool that is almost like the sensation that you get at the end of a yoga class, where you finally feel like you deserve to rest a little bit, and the effort piece is done, and you get to reside in more grace. We wanted to, to do our best attempt at bottling that. And so it's gray because of the activated charcoal and there are 12 different essential oils in it. And, you know, my favorite practice with it as somebody that's really busy and often on the go is so simple. I'll put a little dollop of it between my hands, rub them together, cup the palms over my face and breathe deeply. And it's a way that I I can come back to my breath and really harness scent as sort of a rope to go, you know, deeper into the space between the inhalation and the exhalation. And, and maybe if I'm lucky on a good day, the space between my thoughts. Oh my God. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Jen, for everything you do. Simple, beautiful grounding. You're like a mom, like you're like, you're like a, I I visualize you as like a, a mother, like a great (laughs) mothering life, but 
it was such an honor having you on the podcast and I'm sure we're gonna have more conversations so this was just a a taste for people to get to know and I'll have all your information where can people find you so we're at thirdritual.com or on Instagram it's third like number three third ritual yeah and thank you so much for having me and and holding space for me to share some of this It, it means a lot Thank you so much. And I'm going to see you very soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.